You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today, we're wearing our real-life uh, t-shirts and uh, we would want to uh, really communicate to uh, our congregation today and all across um, our uh, churches in Metro Manila that we are socially responsible because we are part as victory uh, of every nation that we exist to really honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches in this nation. And part of our social responsibility is for us to really uh, offer scholarships to the underprivileged. So if you're interested, uh, I want you to hear uh, my message. And after our gathering and our service, uh, you can inquire of me or our uh, ushers because they have uh, a simple uh, information that uh, will help you really get to know who we really are as uh, a ministry. So once again, welcome to our Truth Be Told series. Our goal is to have a deeper understanding and appreciation of the parable of Jesus, causing us to apply and grow in our character and biblical worldview. And how many of you here you appreciate our messages for the past? few weeks that he did god has a message for people like us and he does it through a story how many of you here you have friends or probably you are a type of person before you get into the point you will tell a story i don't know if you're uh, if you're the person and i have uh, really met a lot of friends that would communicate a message through a story and this is what i like about christ that he would communicate a message or a story before he drives his point and about uh, four weeks ago we did talk about the sower the 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 parable of all parables and about three weeks ago we did talk about the mustard seed that everything starts small and yet it has a really and it will advance just like the kingdom of god and we did talk about the prodigal son a lot of us here are guilty by coming to church we think we have connected with god it doesn't mean you're in church that you have connected with god in fact you can come here and miss god because at the end of the day christianity is about having a personal running and thriving relationship with the lord so today we'll talk about the good samaritan and whether you like it or not there is something good in us look at the person on your right he looks good right there is something good with that person and yes, it's good to do good. Am I correct? And the reason why we can say that we're good. How many of you here, whether you like it or not, and, and you know that there is something good in you? Raise your hand. Meron po kayong, should I say, kabutihang puso. Anybody here? Am I correct? Uh, we're good. There is something good in us. We, we want to do something good. How many of you here, uh, every time you do something good, you feel good? <laughs> so good. Uh, how many of you here are like that? When we do something good, we feel good. And my question with you right now, you're good, right? Compared to who? If you compare yourself with somebody who has been incarcerated for 10 years, okay, uh, you're good. But if you compare your goodness to the goodness of God, you're nothing. Yes. Let me bring it to you closer. You're generous, right? Once a year, right? <laughs> if you're generous, prove it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you're generous, right? Once in a while. But compared to the generosity of Bill Gates... You're not. Because at times we, we think we're good, we're generous based on, on the people that are not really that good. That's who we are. That is our nature. We always think of ourselves. And this message that we will unravel this uh, evening will help us get to understand or get to know why we're good. Why we're doing what is good. The whole point of a parable is for us to challenge the way we think. And that is exactly what Jesus is doing here. There are times we have a perception on a parable, but God is simply saying, that's not where I'm, I, I'm, I'm leaning. I want to really hammer a point that will change the way you look at life. 
So why do we have parables? Why not just give the main point instead of telling the story? That's what I'm telling my wife. Every time we have, we don't fight every day, my wife. Yeah, every night. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's not my point. Okay. When I'm interacting with my wife uh, and women, am I correct? Uh, I learned for the past 10 years that they don't get to the point. What's the point? You told me we have a problem. Now you're discussing about makeup I mean, and your shoes. Okay, They have a lot of things before, before they hit the point. And I, I don't want to take it against women. I know women are wired to be like, like that. But that's also my dilemma as a husband that uh, if I'm interacting with my wife or women, they would, they would beat around the bush. Why not just, just, just tell me about the point? But I realize Jesus Christ has his approach as well when it comes to communicating an idea. The goal is to reveal his point to his followers. Therefore, the goal of a parable is to reveal the people that, are, that have embraced Christ. The goal of a parable is to reveal his point to his followers and conceal it to those who are indifferent. You know what the Bible says? Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. That's in the Bible. <laughs> okay, that's from the movie Frozen, okay? And, and, and God wants to conceal it because He wants to communicate to a certain group of people. And this is why we're uh, listening to this story. That in order for you to really appreciate the parable, you need to understand the context. Where is it coming from? The whole nature, the whole uh, uh, really idea of why Jesus Christ is trying to deliver a message Okay, to a certain group of people. I don't know if you do understand what a context is. I was reminded of a story of a father that his son is always bullied in school. I can relate. When I was a kid, I was always bullied by people. I was pushed around. No, it's the other way around, by the way. Okay, and 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 I, I was reminded of this story that his son is always bullied. So the father had his ideas in his mind. So he went to school and and he has a lot of things. How many of you here, parents? Okay. Uh, you have a similar experience. Your son is bullied. And you just, you're a Christian. You're a Bible-believing Christian, but you want to cut the head on. You're just kidding. But, but you, you, you just can't stand bullying in school. Make a long story short, the father was on his way to school, and he has a lot of his ideas. And when we're evil, we, we become creative, right? How many of you here are like that? I mean, you're, you're angelic, but deep in your heart and in your mind. I mean, you're killing people. We're like that once in a while. So, so the, the father went to school and, and wants to confront this kid, okay, this 10-year-old kid. But, but he, he, before he uh, uh, really talked to this kid, he, he saw and he, he met a, a, another parent. And the parent has the same dilemma, that his son is also bullied. And they had a discussion. But what really changed his perspective was when he found out that this bully, okay, was struggling emotionally because his parents died three months ago from a car accident. Now, in the onset, I was, I was kind of negative. But when I found out, I had compassion on, on, on this kid. Why? Because I do understand the world is in. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay, okay, to be harsher people when you're going through this problem. But I realize the context of how I see things change because I do understand the nature of what he's going through. And in the same manner, we cannot really understand the parable when we don't understand the context of, of, of what God is communicating. We don't understand the, the, the context and we will never understand the point why he's, he's saying all of his things. So I want you right now to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It's written right here, 25, and behold, a lawyer, say the word lawyer, stood up to him to test, saying, okay, to test. And, and I don't know if you're, 
if you don't understand this, if your heart is to get to know God, why would you ask Him something that would pin Him down? The goal is to test and pin Him down. They want Christ to be consistent with the teachings of the law. They want Christ to be consistent with, with the law. And God is not against the law, but more than the law, there is something that God okay, would always value, and we will talk about it. Saying, okay, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if he is a teacher of the law, and I hope you don't understand that teachers during their time, um, they, they do understand the Old Testament. So why would you ask a question in which you know the answer? So I, I was puzzled reading this passage, and I realized this is not just somebody who's sincere. He wants to accuse or probably pin or trap the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know that Christ is provocative. When, when he knows that people are up against him, he would, he would find a way to, to slap you on your face, uh, should I say, okay? Do you understand the context of this? And it is a posture that he, he did not to, not to understand what, what the gospel is all about or to get to know who Christ is, but he wants to just pin him down. If you see really the different gospels, the goal of the teachers of the law or the Pharisees, they just want to pin him down. And they want a reason to just trap Christ. So this guy is not interested really with his question okay, of eternal life. He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He questioned this man, okay, a question that he wants to first serve them. You know the answer? Let me question you. Let me ask you. So Christ is as if saying, you're the expert. Read it. And he answered, okay? He answered his question. How do you inherit eternal life? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly, correct. You got it. Do this and you will live. And probably the guy, the lawyer, was really proud of himself. He asked the question and he knows the answer. See? But Christ was orchestrating something. You can't outwit the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows what he is up to. The word right there is that with all your heart. In other words, in order to be justified and to have eternal life, you have to be under the law and you have to follow the law perfectly. Do you understand this? That you're telling me that in order for you to inherit eternal life, you have to be perfect. You are in for great trouble. Because you're telling me to gain eternal life, you need to be perfect. And God is simply saying, I'm glad you know the law. But at the back of his mind, if you're reading your Bible, there are a lot of people who would want to reason with Christ that I do understand the law, therefore I'm qualified. God is not against the law. God is glad that you understand the law. God is not against the law. But we need to be reminded that we don't have all of us, what it takes to fulfill the law. Remember our message about two months ago on the Ten Commandments? 
Why would God give the Ten Commandments if there's no one who can adhere to it? Why would God give the Ten Commandments if there's no one who can fulfill the Ten Commandments? The reason why the Ten Commandments was given, you know the reason? It is for us to fail. Yeah. So why would God put the Ten Commandments if we will fail? Good question. The reason why God wants us to fail by following the Ten Commandments so that when we are down and out, we go to the Lord Jesus Christ. But people that are self-righteous will fulfill the Ten Commandments. I will try my best. Why not tell the Lord, God, I don't have what it takes. I just want to embrace you. Can you do it for me? And the reason why we're righteous is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He made us righteous. And when Christ is righteous, we are righteous in the eyes of God. Do you understand this? This is why. And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly to this, and you will live. God is not against the law. In fact, it's, it's stated right here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. It says right here, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Christ did not come to do away with the law. God is against with the law. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota. You can use this probably just to look intelligent. Uh, uh, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. God is not against the law. And the same thing, I'm not against the law. In fact, my, my wife and I, we have a law. Of course, it springs from the Word of God that I don't travel abroad. I don't watch um, uh, movies alone. These are the things that we do, not because we don't trust each other. The motivation why we're following the law, because of our relationship. The reason why I said yes, because we have a relationship. Remember, relationship trumps the law. But if your relationship is deep, the law can help you grow your relationship. Is this helping you? How many married people in this room? You're married. You feel depressed, you are. And I'm just kidding. And that is important. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law. In fact, the law states in Galatians chapter 3 verse 10, curses everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. In fact, if you don't obey the law, you are cursed. And nobody has perfected the law. Therefore, all of us are cursed. This is the reason why Christ went to the cross. Curse is Him who's hung on the tree. Why? Because the law has enslaved us, has cursed us, because we don't have what it takes to fulfill the law. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the rich, young ruler. If you're single, this is the kind of guy that you want to marry. Rich, young, and a leader. How many single people in this room hoping that someday you'll find the right one. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) It's here. The young man said to him, all this I have kept. He was simply saying that I'm I'm good. I've done. I've followed the Ten Commandments. And this guy's lying. Nobody can fulfill the Ten Commandments. But you know, I like Christ. I just, I'm, I'm just enamored with who he is. Christ knows that nobody can can keep the Ten Commandments. But you know, Christ is provocative. He loves to dance with people. You understand? I mean, he loves to play around. And you know what happened? What do I still lack? That's a question of this rich young ruler. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. I know he, he can't do such thing. 
God is simply saying, if you want to be perfect, be my guest. Can you do this? When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Why can't he just tell God, God, I can't keep the law. I can't even follow what you're telling me to do, to sell and give away my possessions. No matter how generous you are, there is something in your life that you, do, you want to keep for yourself, right? Brand new shoes, an earring, right? Your t-shirt 30 years ago that you always wear just to put you to sleep. I can't, I can't sleep tonight, and, and these are the things that, that you, you want to dearly hold to your heart. Jesus is simply saying, if you would attain eternal life by keeping the law, just keep on doing it and be my guest. God is simply saying, we have in our system, all of us, look up here. There is this, this, this uh, really function in our system that would want to always do what is good in order for us to be proud of ourselves. Galing ko. And somebody would, would give you a tap on the back, ang galing mo. Praise the Lord. How many of you here, you would want to really uh, return it to God, but huh, 99% of everything that you did, it wasn't really for God. It was for your own sake. But when somebody would, how many of you here, it feels so good to be, to be, to be given the compliment. Ang galing mo. And of course, you're a Christian, you're reading your Bible for the Lord. But deep in your heart, <laughs> I'm good. So more than just really how good we are, in fact, one of the things that you need to, to, to be reminded of it's easy to repent for the things that you did bad. Right? When you, when you do a bad thing, you repent of it. Because it's a bad thing. Right? But most of us, we need to rep- uh, repent of the things that we did good. Because the motivation is pretty bad. Right? <laughs> we repent of the bad things, both the good things. Because the motivation... Is really bad. Do you understand? So God is simply saying, this is not how you go about it. In the absence of the gospel and our understanding that we can do this on our own, our good deeds are what? Filthy rags. Am I correct? You see that in the scripture. But let me just put an emphasis that our good deeds are erratic. May mga tao talagang mabait. Huwag mo lang gutumin. It's erratic. Ang tao mabait, mabait talaga. How many of you here, you're thankful that God is not erratic? Hindi nagbabago ang isip ng Panginoon. Amen. Hindi siya moody. May mga kilala ako. Talagang pabago-bago. Pink, fuchsia, violet. Yung, I'm not pertaining to women. Ah. But, but, bag, no, no, I'm not pertaining to women. Okay? But, 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 I have, I have, okay? I just can't understand that, but, but it's erratic. A person that's good is consistent. How many of you here are thankful that God is not moody? If you're asking God for something, Lord, I need a husband. Lord, are you okay? Ana? Wala. You gonna? Because if God is moody, I mean, you would never approach God. But how many of you here are thankful that you can approach God anytime, anywhere with no known break? God is not erratic. I'm glad. Okay, that in the absence of the gospel, we're erratic. We are what? We are limited. That we are good only to those that are good. Am I correct? How many of you here are guilty of this? I'm guilty. 
Now, when a beggar approaches you and tells you, can, can, can I have five pesos po? You, can't, you know you can afford. Bibigyan mo ng sampo. And you feel good. Ang yaman ko, 200%. Gonna, or 100% increase. How come that the basis of our generosity is dependent on the people asking for money? How many of you here, you do understand, and you're thankful that the basis of God's generosity is not dependent on you, it's dependent on Him because He's generous? How many of you here, you're simply saying that there are days that you're selfish and that's every day? What if the basis of God's generosity is based on your selfishness? How many of you here are thankful that whether you're selfish or generous, God is always generous? Napakabait po ng Panginoon. Can we give Him the glory? Part of that, that if you don't understand the gospel, you're selfish. Why? Because you're always thinking based on what you can get, what you can have. Why? Because you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand the fullness of the gospel. You don't understand what God is and has been to you. You don't understand the goodness of God. Therefore, we think that our good works okay, is our way to the approval of God, acceptance of God. But I'm telling you right now, because God is good, you don't have to be good in order to be accepted by God. You don't have to what? You don't have to perform in order for you to be approved by God. You're approved by God. Does He perform? The reason why you're good, because you have been melted by God's love. Knowing you're not good, God accepted you. And because God has accepted you, you can accept anyone and you can love anyone. Because you are simply a product of the gospel. Good works does not make you righteous. But if you're righteous, good works will follow. Jesus is not teaching works as means to salvation. He is actually teaching that doing good works cannot save anyone. But because you have an encounter with God, you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're surprised why you're good. There are days, honestly, that I'm surprised why now I do good things. How many of you here are surprised? And when you face them, you're... <gasps> You're surprised. You have, you're changed. Why? Because that's the power of the gospel. You can't twist your arm and promise yourself, I'll be good, I'll be good. Mm. You, you cannot do that. Nobody can help you. Okay? And nobody can, 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 can help you when it comes to transformation. It is only by the gospel. In fact, you know, if you don't understand the gospel, but you're good, you will come out prideful. Because you feel like, I have what it takes to be good. But if your goodness is the byproduct of the goodness of God, you come out humble. Why? Because deep in your heart, you know, it is only by the grace of God that I'm good, faithful, and generous. It is God who gives us the ability to be good. And He answered, you shall love your God. Or love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you answered correctly. Tumpak. Correct. Do this and you will live. And he thought, wow, this guy complimented me. But you know what Christ is up to? I love this guy. I love the Lord. He is simply setting this guy up for destruction. Destruction. 
When I say destruction, he's not against a guy. But, but when your, your question is always leaning towards your personal promotion, God would want to put you in a situation wherein you will understand and you will realize that, no, this is not how I should go about it. But this is what he did. But he is desiring to justify himself. Said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? He knows the answer to the first question. And I'm highly convinced that he knows the answer to the second question. Right? But because he's full of pride, that he adheres that, I'm good. I can, I can tell you the good deeds and the things that I've done. They can probably impress a lot of people. But God knows what he is up to. God knows the motivation of his heart. And this is what I love about God. So he's simply saying, and he's simply asking, who is my neighbor? To justify himself. And when people are so consumed with their good works, you begin to, and you will begin to always justify yourself. You would always feel like that your way to righteousness is through good works. Good works alone makes you or make you or makes you self-righteous. And, and a lot of us can, can testify to this, that, that when we're good, we feel like we're better than anyone else. Galing ko. Ang buti ko. Hindi ako late. I'm faithful to my husband and wife. Because you feel like it's your attainment. And the reason why you are self-righteous is because you feel like I have justified myself. But for people like us who have been justified by Christ, we don't go out there and, 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 and impress people because we are a product of the what? Of the gospel. That in Christ Jesus, we're justified. There is no one to impress and nothing to prove. This is why a lot of people, and even I am guilty, 23 years ago before I came to know the Lord, they feel like, though I'm, 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 I'm not stealing from my, from my mom, but I'm stealing from my dad. Do you understand? <laughs> I feel good about certain things that, that, that I do. And this is the problem. That when you are self-righteous, you would always go out there to justify what you're doing. And we're good at that. How many of you here, you, you're, you're good at justification. This is not a master's degree, but all of us are good at it. We have reasons. How many of you here, honestly, Let's, let's, let's keep it to ourselves. When you're buying something and it's, it's not in your budget, you're good in justification. You're good at that, right? And, and we have that ability to, to, to justify our wrongdoing. And when you do that, you're simply saying, God, I can handle this. And remember, the greatest enemy of the gospel is pride. Remember, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the ano? the humble how many of you here you want God's unmerited favor in your life walk in humility we want the favor of God but we want to walk in pride I don't think it's going to really work if you want God's favor you know what unmerited favor is things that you don't deserve walk in grace you want the favor of God walk in grace or you want walk in humility you want the favor of God, humility. And this is what he's trying to communicate to this guy. Read between the lines. He's trying to dance with this person. What is eternal life? Love God with all your heart. What if you'll just admit to God, Lord, I don't have what it takes to love God with my all. 
Nobody in this room can love God with her, with her all. There are Sundays that you're just soaked in the presence of God. I love God. But from Monday to, to, to Saturday, Why? Because you don't have the ability to love God unless you're loved by God. And the reason why you can love God because God has loved you. Left your own devices. You don't have what it takes to love God. Am I correct? But because you have been melted by God's love, you can now love God in response to His love for you. So He is simply saying, okay, love your neighbor. Do you really love your neighbor? Now, I want you to understand the reason why God is asking you to really love your neighbor because He's about to tell a story. Do you understand? And He's telling a story that's really provocative. This is how it uh, goes. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. In fact, I took that path about a month ago when I uh, brought a team to Israel. I went to Jerusalem and, 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 and I went back to Jericho. I wasn't hurt. and I thought, okay, I, I would want to reenact really this story again because I'm good. My, my point is, <laughs> kidding. And he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, this is very intriguing. For a priest to pass the same route and path, this only means one thing. The priest came from Jerusalem to worship God. Now, he came from Jerusalem to worship God. You're expecting that he'll be good to this person, right? Because he came from church. How many of you here are like that? I'm a good person. Anybody here? You feel good. You want to bless people, right? You want to pray for people. You want to pray for the food and China and Italy. You pray for these things. You're good. You want to be kind to your pets. And, and you, you do good because I'm from church. That's what a religious person do. That you feel good. How many of you here, after helping somebody, and I, I did mention this a while ago, after helping somebody, you feel good. Be careful of that. When was the last time you paused for a while? I, I feel good, but Lord, thank you for giving me the ability to do what is good. But because of our pride, glory to God, but I'm good. <laughs> Let's be careful that we always think we're good. We're good because God is good. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, a Levite. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil, and drank the wine. No, no, no. And wine, he poured it on the wound, okay? When he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him, okay, and took care of him. And, and I want to go back right here. The Samaritan was there and saw him and he had compassion. And the next day he took out two denarii two days work and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the Levite, the priest, or the Samaritan? He said, the one who showed him mercy. He can't even say the Samaritan. That's how they, 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 they would take things against one another. There is, there is a level of animosity between the, the, the Jew and the Samaritan. They don't interact. 
Because the Jews are, 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 they look down to the Samaritans. So even in saying the name of the, of, of their group, they can't even confess. They can't even verbalize it. That's how they hate the Samaritans. And Christ brought to the same level, yes, you can love everybody, but can you love a Samaritan? Because just like what I mentioned, being good to people is limited. You only love the lovable. Remember this. The perfection of love is that you can love the unlovable. The perfection of generosity is not because you have so much thus you can give. The perfection of generosity is that you don't have much and you still give. So you're not really that good because you are only good when it's comfortable. Let me ask you, and I want you to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, is it comfortable to hang on, on that cross? He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but your will be done. Am I correct? If it was easy, I'm telling you right now, he will not struggle a night before. But we know it's not comfortable to take you out of the dark, but he opted to go to the cross. It's not comfortable, but because I'm a good God to my people, I will do so. That's the God that we serve. You know, the antidote to this, dilemma of how you can have eternal life, is by saying, God, don't tell me that story. I know I will fail. How many of you here can relate with me the reason why in the day that you came to the Lord, it is because you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. That you're simply saying, I'm done. I give up. Lord, take control. This is what I believe Jesus is asking or expecting this, this lawyer. That I don't have to tell you a story in order, you, in order for you to really understand that at the end of the day, you don't have what it takes. Can you love somebody that you don't love? And what if God will tell you? Can you love that person that you've been praying for, of course. It's easy to love. But God wants to bring it one level higher, one notch higher. Can you do this? And if you can't, you're simply doing things according to your strength. You're simply doing things just for your own righteousness. But remember this, the things that we're not capable of, in Christ Jesus, we can. This is the power of the gospel. The day that we have accepted Christ in our lives as our Lord and Savior, there are things that we can't even fathom or imagine. How can we do such thing? But because of the power of the gospel, we've been changed by God, that God has accepted us, forgiven us, and loved us, and we have experiences. We can't help but go out there and tell people. We can't help but tell people that it's possible to forgive. People will not understand. After all, I have a friend who has been raped by three men. After 10 years, she saw these men in church. They repented of their sins, turned to God. And how can she forgive? Because you know what she told me? Because I've been forgiven. Anyone who has been forgiven, forgives. This is why we can be good because of this. His good works is a product of our righteousness. We have been justified with God, therefore we don't go out there to justify ourselves. So if you're right now in this situation, when you're out there telling people that, you, I want to prove you wrong, the day will come, titingalain nyo ako. Parang tiliserya yung, meron pang background song. Just let that one go. You're enslaved by these people. The reason why you're working, the reason why you're doing these things, because you're doing it, for them, do it for God. 
And this is what I'm praying for all of us here. The reason why you're good, because you're a product of God's goodness. You're a product of the gospel. You're a product of God's forgiveness. And when you do understand what God has done, you can help but be good, to be good to your, to, to your neighbor, to the people around you, the people that you don't even know. Well, the other day, I was in, uh, in SNR, and, and uh, I did not... I, I want to be honest, okay? I, I was in front of SNR walking. Uh, there are days that I, I don't want to bring my car. I want to take a walk. You want to talk to yourself? I want to be here. You love to talk to yourself. <laughs> Publicly. <laughs> now, I, I would talk to myself. And somebody approached me, asked, was asking me for 50 pesos because his brother is in the hospital. At the back of my mind, because I'm a Filipino, my default reaction is that, huh, you can't outwit me. So I have to, 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 to look around. I don't know, modesto. But you know what? I realize, what if the Lord, I felt like in my heart, what if the Lord, okay, whether his motives are wrong, but because I was generous, the Lord can work in my generosity. What if he'll come to know the Lord? Now, ladies and gentlemen, at times, yes, it's hard for us to help people because we have, we have a, we we're paranoid. What if I'm, I'm giving to somebody? I do understand where, where you're coming from. But when you bass on the gospel, my question with you right now, do you deserve what Christ has done? Do you deserve it? No. Now, have you ever given this a thought? What do you have that will convince God to send His Son? Love? Come on now. Are you, look at the person on your right. Is, he, is she lovable? <laughs> She's beautiful. That's another story. There is nothing. But of course, I do understand it's love. It's God's unconditional love. But why would God partner with you? I just can't understand. If this is a business deal, I would rather ask the person, show me your bank accounts, your bank records, your assets, and I will partner with you in this venture. God went down. They don't even ask. He knows our past. But why would He partner with us? Because He wants us to experience the gospel. Because this is the only way that we can be good to people when we experience the goodness of God. Being a good Samaritan does not give you eternal life. Being good will not inherit, will not cause you to go to heaven. But having eternal life makes you a good Samaritan. Let me say that once, once again. Being a good Samaritan does not give you eternal life. But having eternal life makes you a good Samaritan. And in the same chapter, same chapter, chapter 10 of Luke, right? Are we in chapter 10? Just nod your head as if you know, okay? Chapter 10, same chapter. Same chapter, different paragraph. The paragraph after this, it says right here concerning Mary. You know Mary? You know Mary, right? She has a little lamb. I don't know. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, but Martha was distracted with much serving. God is not against serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. God is not against serving. But if serving is your top priority, then the relationship, we have a big problem. It says right here, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. When you say good portion in the Greek uh, language, okay, it speaks of what? Of life after life. That Mary has chosen eternal life, which will not be taken away from her. Isn't this ironic? The guy was asking how to inherit eternal life, and Mary unlocked the secret to eternal life. Same chapter! That she understands that the way to eternal life 
is by having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have a relationship with Christ, you can't help but be good. It is not something that you do. It is not something that's programmed. You come out good. And I don't understand the reason why. Isn't this a compliment when somebody asks you, born again? born again ka? Because you have a brand. Don't be bad. Don't feel offended. born again how many of you here are guilty of that? Or, or, or you have experience? How born again? You're like that. Why? Because they have already a brand. Isn't it a compliment? born again ka? Kaya pala. Doesn't sound right. Am I correct? Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So where does salvation rely on? Salvation can only be attained when you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Amen? Wrong. You can't love God. This is a product, loving God. Salvation is only in Christ. Loving God is a product of having eternal life. Amen? So you can have eternal life when you love God, right? Wrong. Sabi ko na nga ba eh. <laughs> Loving God is a? Because you have experienced eternal life. Amen? No works. So, pastor, ano to trick question? This is so simple. All the things that we do is a product of our experience of who God is. Am I correct? My question would write right now. Where does salvation okay, rely on? And you have to ask yourself, Where's salvation in all of this? Because the last time we checked the Bible, the answer is, who rescued you? Who accepted you? Who loved you? Who forgave you over and over again? The Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the same chapter that we mentioned a while ago in Galatians 2.16. Yet we know that a person is not justified I love God. I go to church. I go to small group. I give. Not nada. Not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ and what He did. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Only through faith. In Jesus Christ. Justification and believing in Christ is not an isolated case. It's not a standalone okay, experience. When you're justified, you can help it be changed. Justification leads to transformation. Impossible pong tinanggap mong Panginoon at walang pagbabago. And people have been asking me, Pastor, is one saved always saved? Yes, so it's okay for me to really compromise. If you have that kind of reason, to start with, probably you're not saved. To start with, if you're telling me, I'm saved, I've accepted Christ, I can throw my life away. I can still walk in sin. To start with, probably you're not saved. Because somebody who's saved can't help but please God. Justification leads to transformation. So if people will tell, I go to church, prove it to me. Because if they can prove, probably 
they don't have really a clear understanding of how it is to experience eternal life. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, we love, we do, we follow, we obey, we read our Bible because of the eternal life that we have received in Christ Jesus. The story of the Good Samaritan, just like what Tim Keller said, the story of the Good Samaritan points us to the great Samaritan. That we are on our way towards where we want to be. And we know we're guaranteed of destruction. And this story tells us that there is a great Samaritan. And when we are down and out, we are expecting for friends, people, money to save us. But there's only one person who went out of his way to rescue us and pay their bills. You do good, not because you are good. You do good because Christ has done you good. Everything that we do is a byproduct of what Christ has done. And this is why we can say we're good. Because we've seen the goodness of God on the cross directed towards each and every one of us. Can we just take this time right to pray? Heavenly Father, thank you. That you've, you've given your people the opportunity to know your word tonight. I pray that we can be like you. That we will do good, not because we're good, but because of how you've been good to us. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, for the past, in fact, we're about to end the year. For the past three quarters. How many of you hear us? we bow our heads and close our eyes, you're simply saying, with everything that I've been through, I can still say, God is good. Raise your hand. You're saying God is good. And I want you right now, the next, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now. The next one to two minutes. I want you to slowly thank the Lord. Pasalamatan po natin. Nakabutihan ng Panginoon. One by one. Of our health. Of our friends. Our career. Our relationships. Of the things that we own. The things that we... Lord, thank you. And some of you here are worried about life. Remember, a thankful heart is the antidote to all anxiety and worries. That we're simply saying, God, if you can, if you have been so good in the past, I know you will be good to me tomorrow, next month, and next year. So Lord, teach me to be good as I've experienced your goodness. As we experience your goodness, I pray that you teach us to be good. You can put down your hands. If you're saying right now, Pastor, thank you for that message. I want to know the goodness of God. I want to experience ang kabaitan ng Panginoon. And if you're saying right now, I want to experience the goodness of God, uh, you, you can't experience it if, if, if you will just wait for it. What I want to invite you tonight is to come to a place if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm giving you the opportunity to accept Him and enjoy and experience His goodness. So as you listen to this message, and if you're saying, there's something in my heart, something is going on, that is the work of God. And I want to invite you, if you are the person, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to take this moment right now to accept Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior. 
So I want to invite you, if you want Jesus Christ in your life and enjoy His goodness, I want you right now to repeat this prayer after me. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, once again, Lord Jesus, I accept you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. If you pray the prayer, tinanggap niyo po ang Panginoon sa puso niyo. And I do pray that you will experience the goodness of God. If you pray that prayer, I want you to slowly raise your hand. Don't look around. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you have prayed the prayer and you have accepted Christ, one, two, just raise it up in the air. Just hang it. We have people, three, four, five. I want to ask the ushers and our intercessors to just be with them. Just raise your hand as high as you can. And somebody will approach you. Somebody at the back, just raise your hand as high as you can. Somebody will approach you and just be with you. Lord, thank you for the hands that are lifted high. I pray that they will understand how good, pleasing, and perfect your will for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. We have about seven people who came to know the Lord. Wait, there's more. Okay? Just like what I mentioned, okay, about 20, 25 minutes ago, we have about four minutes. Uh, As a ministry, we are socially responsible. A portion of your giving goes to our scholars. Wow. Ako scholar din po ako nakaka-relate ako ng aking magulang. Okay? <laughs> Victory has always put premium on social responsibility. The way we do this is through real-life foundation. Ever since its incorporation in 2007, Real Life has produced 341 university and vocational graduates. Amen. Can we give glory to God for that? All of us, gawain natin to. Okay, hindi na po tayo napapaganda ng church. Maraming pang- pangangailangan sa labas. So we want to help the underprivileged. You know, we, we go beyond just giving them the degree. We want to prepare them for life and we want them to lead. In fact, one of the uh, closest example, music team, you, you can join me. Okay. Um, I want you to smile. Good. <laughs> Praise God. Um, you know, one of the things that really uh, caught my attention is that um, back in Bacol, when I was the senior pastor then, um, I was discipling this guy who's a pedicab driver. And um, the rest was history. And, and, and the rest is history. But uh, uh, really, I just can't help but, but really look back and how the Lord has really uh, blessed his life. Now, um, he's done with college. And he is, okay, one of our real-life employees. And one of the things that really caught my attention, he has, he's getting married next year. He's building a family. Uh, he's returning the favor to his parents who abandoned him. And that's the power of the gospel. I just can't help but, but look back and be reminded, how can a guy who's been abandoned by his parents go back and earn a living for them? Because that's the power of eternal life. That when you experience the goodness of God, that God went down, that we have rejected God, He will keep on loving us. That's what He told me. The reason why I can do this, because God has done me more. Ladies and gentlemen, we can only be good when we understand how good God is. Can we give Him the glory?